and welcome to Women in the Business Arena. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Shuk Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Every week, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We reframe the lens on business so women just like you know how to achieve not just success, but fulfillment and freedom. We've learned through decades of being entrepreneurs, mothers, and multiple business owners how to conquer the business arena. And the thousands of women we have worked with have given us insights and wisdom to share with you. We get honest, vulnerable, and real about what we've seen and experienced. We would love for you to join us in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. And if you want to get even more support, visit womeninthebusinessarena.com. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my gorgeous co-host, Laura Shukuzman. Hey, Laura. Hello. How are you, my dear? I'm good. I'm just enjoying the summer, you know, navigating the the constant juggle, you know, kids, work, mm-hmm. husband, mm-hmm. life, self-care. <laughs> all the things. Yeah. All the things, all the things, yeah. all the things. And trying to slow down in the process of all of that. Yeah, it's a very, such an interesting journey we're on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I tell my clients, it doesn't really end. Like, you know, a lot of people kind of hope that one day you just have it all together and that everything is perfect. And it's like, well, it doesn't really work that way. Right. <laughs> Yeah, right. life has always got something that it's going to throw at you to exactly. keep you on your toes. And I do think, though, that's interesting. I was thinking about this summer. I'm all, I'm I'm also doing all the juggling, but there's something I enjoy. There's a permission that I think I mm-hmm. give myself during the summertime yeah. um, that I don't have to be as on or something. Because I was just feeling some gratitude uh, today yeah. as I was thinking. You know, I just take more time to take the kids to the pool or it's like more likely that I will just have us all just have Mm -hmm. a, like, let's not do anything today. And I don't know. Yeah. And I think we should be like that year round. Yeah, I know. And that's what we're hoping to support people. That's (laughs) what we're hoping to support. And today we're continuing our awesome series that we started last week. Um, For those of you just joining us, we've been doing three-part series because we just are able to go a lot deeper into some of our topics that we love talking about. And so last week we started a series on, you know, the way we overown or underown our responsibility as women and how that is very detrimental to our business success, to our health, to our family. And we so often think we're doing a service by overowning, especially, or in the case of underowning, underowning the responsibility we have to ourselves. You know, we yeah. give up our sort of that responsibility and self care in order to serve others. And we think that's a good thing, but ultimately it's not. Mm-hmm. And it's not sustainable. And that's a lot of what we talked about last week. Um, This week, we wanted to sort of dive in and talk a little bit more about the line between over-owning and under-owning, because I think uh, that's what I find a lot of my clients struggle with, or a lot of the people that I talk to in the world struggle with, is they're like, yeah, but what, but where is that line where I start to over-own? And where is that line when I start to under-own? What does that look like? So that's what we want to explore today. Yes. Yeah. Because I think it's one thing to talk about it and more people realizing, oh, wait, I do do that sometimes. Mm -hmm. But then the question is, when 
when am I doing it? When is it okay? When am I supposed to step up and show up and have responsibility for something? Or when am I just over owning it, overextended, extending myself, over functioning uh, for things, responsibilities that are not mine? So, um, yeah, I think this is this is a good follow up. And that's why I also love the three part, because we identified that it's problematic. But now we can go into a little bit deeper with like, well, what do we do now? And how can we learn to be discerning? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the key. What we're really talking about today is the discernment. And I think next week we're going to approach some of the more practical strategies for how you stop under owning and over owning and, you know, really how do you make time for yourself and how do you let go of some responsibility for others. But I think today it's really about that discernment. You know, I think we struggle to trust ourselves and our feelings, right? So we feel sometimes like maybe we're doing too much or maybe we're not taking care of ourselves enough, but then oftentimes we just dismiss that inner voice almost instantly. Yeah, I think so. It's that, um, second guessing, doubting. And sometimes that's that inner voice that comes in and says, you know, but shouldn't you take that on? Like, what would people think? Or, um, you know, so sometimes it's this voice that's about just disappointing others. And sometimes it's just so intrinsic that, but if I don't do it, who will, you know, Um, when we take some things on. So really being um, mindful of what is that voice. And like, you know, when we talk about this topic, it's much like um, the, the it's a boundary issue. And so boundaries yeah. are energetic. So you can yep. learn to feel the difference often in our body. There's, you know, we all have our different telltale signs um, yes. that we're over owning something. It's usually a um, more constriction and a little, you know, bit of a overwhelming sense in the body versus when you feel like you're really under owning, you're also can feel, you know, it's like there can be constriction in either ways when you're not really being allegiant to self. And so yes. then when you are um, making a decision that's more in alignment, then there are certain sensations that can come up. So I think that's definitely something to explore today is like, how do you notice that somatically? How do you notice it in your body? And, and the more you learn your particular signs, then you can use yes. those as little bit of breadcrumbs of which direction you need to go. <laughs> exactly. And I think, you know, that really brings up, you know, one of the most important points, which is that there is no hard and fast rule, right? So no one else can tell you what's over owning or under owning. Like I can look at my clients and I can say, look, it feels like you're over owning or it feels like you're not, un- you know, you're not really taking responsible for yourself in terms of self-care, but they have to discern for themselves. There's a line they have to feel because each of us has our own sense of what that feels and looks like. You know, the challenge comes because we have lots of patterns and identity and all kinds of things wrapped up in the over-owning and under-owning. I mean, there is no doubt, as we talked about last week, that women have been conditioned to over-own. They've been conditioned to be over-capacity. They've been conditioned to over-service. You know, these are things we've been conditioned to and praised for. I mean, I know when I was growing up, my whole identity was wrapped around how good I was at taking care of others, how good I was at taking over responsibility. Like, and that became my identity. Without that, what value do I have? Yes, exactly. So if I was to... Yeah. If I was to widen back and stop over delivering, like nobody would love me. And that was really what I thought. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, that is so much what you're saying, the conditioning. Um, That is 
something that many of us have been hearing those messages or being praised for that behavior for so long that we no longer can hear the inner voice that's like, you know, saying, watch out, like you're totally about to burn yourself out um, because we're just so used to it's become a pattern like indefinitely. I believe that we are in a current time in which overwhelm has become such a normal pattern for people (sighs) that they don't recognize it. It's like the frog in the boiling water. I mean, sorry. Yeah. Um, But that would like (laughs) the poor little frog just doesn't know because it's just getting hotter and hotter. And that's, I think many of us are in that place where it's really bad before we know that there's something wrong. So I think today's conversation is really important because with all of that conditioning, how can we start discerning it much earlier um, so that there's pro, you know, a, a proactive approach to it, a yeah. preventative approach even. Yeah. And I think, you know, obviously this is a deep dive into self-exploration because, you know, honestly, you have to know what is a, in balance for yourself. Cause that's kind of how I look at it sometimes is when we're over owning, we're really out of balance, right? We're exhausted. Exhaustion is a huge telltale sign for me because it's that, it's not just like I didn't get sleep last night and you're a little exhausted. It's like continuous exhaustion all the time. Like, and I'm great at covering over that. I'm great at running over that. I'm great at dealing with it. Like nobody will know how exhausted I am because I don't talk about it. But in myself, I can feel like, wow, I'm so deeply exhausted. And that I know is my sign that I'm over capacity. And so, you know, we've got to start feeling in ourselves, what does it feel like to be balanced? And one of the challenges as a lot of women have never had a reference point for what it feels like to be in their power, to be balanced, to not be over or under owning. And so then that, you know, challenge means that we have to find a reference point. We have to actually acquire more of that space to play with it and to have something that's a reference point so that we know like, oh, this is what it feels like to, to not overown. Yeah, like this, you know, like mm-hmm. so we have something to compare it to. Yes, yes. And that is the, the challenge when you don't know what the baseline is, like the healthy baseline is. And then you're just like, oh, this is normal. And, you know, I have clients that will then have a different experience where all of a sudden there's spaciousness and I have to, you know, warn them, like, and be careful not to just fill that space now. <laughs> like yeah. you finally carved it out. Yeah. Um, but those are great, you know, like just speaking to kind of how everyone's going to be different. Their bodies are going to show them yeah. in different ways, but the body is a great place and like looking at what's happening. Um, so, you know, signs of over, owning, like burning out our levels of chronic exhaustion. Also, that means like you're chronically exhausted, but you still can't sleep. So that's sleep problems. So you can't shut down in order to actually be able to sleep a full night's rest. Um, You usually have weird issues with appetite. So you either have, you know, increased appetite or loss of appetite or just strange cravings. You know, all of that is going to be different per person, but that's a sign like what's going on with my hunger in my, how I'm eating, you know, that's a sign to kind of stop and pay attention. And, you know, like, um, so appetite and sleep is huge. And then headaches, like chronic pain or issues where, you know, you just always self-massaging the back of that neck. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, it's not going to go away just because you get an ergonomic chair. Um, there's probably that's a holding of tension in the body. Um, yes. That's probably a, a sign of yeah overextending. So I think these are very practical ways and people think, oh, how am I going to know? It's like, are you really listening to those mm. things in your body? The physical signs that you're reaching your overwhelm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's a practice in a way as well of checking in and being willing to be aware. I mean, I know for a lot of my life growing up, I was in pain as a child, as a teenager, as a, like lots of chronic tension, but I didn't recognize it. And it wasn't until I was in university when I took a somatic class by random, thank God, you know, like that is what woke me up to like, oh my God, I've been in pain my whole life and just turned it off. I literally just numbed myself. But in that, I numbed a lot of other sensations too. And that's what we do. We we numb our body sensations and our pain, but then that also numbs our feeling for happiness and our feeling for joy and our feeling for love. And like, there's all these, you know, sort of feelings we numb all together because you can't pick and choose what you numb. So you numb it all or you, or yes. you don't. Yes, yes. So I think a big, uh, a core piece of this conversation for me, and it's the same with all my clients that come and sit in my office when we start talking about changing any type of patterns or behavior is, you know, becoming more self-aware, like self-awareness, mindfulness, the ability to become the observer. It does take intention and practice because so many of these things in our bodies can run automatically. We are going to just keep, you know, eating and sleeping and doing breathing and all those things are going to happen. Our body's just going to do all sorts of crazy adjustments if if it's off, you know, to keep it um, going. And so if we're mindful, we learn how to take that, how to do check-ins, how to do a, um, it's kind of like what I call it, you know, body scan, like just looking through the body, noticing what we're noticing those things are going to need to become more regular practices if you want to get ahead of any kind of chronic imbalance. That's right. And I think you have to look at what it, what it starts with is that self-awareness and what self-awareness starts with is space. You know, if you don't have any space in your life, which is why a lot of us are over capacity or overwhelmed, or if you don't prioritize that space, you're not going to gain the self-awareness. Self-awareness does not come in in a lot of action. Like, and, and I know that's like, it seems sometimes like it's the opposite. Like we should be, you know, like we're in action and we're, yeah, we see what we're doing and that, but that's so the masculine or the, you know, um, the doing, and there's not a lot of reflection in that. We're just thinking and we're just calculating and we're just, and it's very different than being aware and self-reflective. And so there are a lot of practices that you can put in place, even for small amounts of a day. You, you can do walking meditation for 10 minutes a day. That can start to bring you back into some of that self-reflection, some of the awareness of like, am I in balance? Am I out of balance? Like what's happening? Journaling every day, morning pages. Those are things that almost all of my clients are doing on a daily basis because it allows 
them the space to really look and become more self-aware of what's going on and how am I actually feeling and what's happening. I think floating, if you've never been to a, a sensory deprivation tank, a float tank, like that is an amazing place to come back into balance. Like for some reason, it just like clears out all this stuff and you have all of this space again. And that's a great reference point for what it feels like to be in balance and to not be over-owning or under-owning, to be back in your body. And so, you know, these are things that are all amazing and easy ways, practical ways to be able to, you know, Mm -hmm. create what you need. Yeah. Because, you know, that's like a anything that's a nervous system reset is basically what what we're looking for. Because when we're constantly over-owning, then we are usually in our sympathetic nervous system. We're just constantly go, go, going. That's our fight flight. It's responsible for just getting shit done. And (laughs) if we're just on, the gas pedal is on all the time. We're going to flood our system and your car is not going to start. Your body's not going to start. So things like like the flotation, um, the float tanks are great. Also, um, restorative yoga practices. You know, sometimes people are like, oh, I'm so burnt out. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm going to go to yoga, but I'm going to go to this flow class with handstands and all that, you know, and they're still like- Power (laughs) yoga. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, that's not restful. That's great for your body (laughs) if it's in a place of balance and you've got a lot of energy, but you also, if you're coming from chronic depletion, then really looking at restorative types of yoga. There's a really great practice um, called yoga nidra. And I think yeah. you do that one as well, right? So yeah. it's like you can get downloads down online um, and it's just a meditative yoga practice where you get really comfy with a lot yeah. of supported blocks and props and you just listen to their guidance through your body and, you know, getting con- yeah. reconnected. And they say that like one hour of um Yoga Nidra can catch you up from like a couple, you know, three hours of um, lack, lack, lack of sleep. So like, say you only got three hours and you did a Yoga Nidra practice, then at least your body should feel like you got about six hours of sleep. So, you know, things like that are out there, like resources. And we're going to talk more about that, I know, next time. Get into my, yeah. I can't, can't like stop myself from talking about resources. But I know. these are like within reach. And I think I want people to understand that when we start talking about what is over-owning and under-owning and how do you differentiate? How do you understand where you are? This is not just an awareness practice where then we're like, well, there we go. Look at me, chronically overwhelmed. Um, This is also within reach to course correct, to pivot, to repair and get get us back into a place where we're feeling and moving like we need to. Yeah. Yeah, look, I love that. And I think that's so important. And I think, you know, as well, one suggestion I have is as you're, if you're, if you, I think a lot of people will have listened to last week and feel like this is me, this is me. Like, you know, they can resonate and relate to the overowning. And then it's like, well, yeah, but what do I do about it? Or how do I start to become more aware of exactly where I overown and underown? And I think sometimes then we go to the biggest pain areas of our lives and we're like, I, I must overown here. How is that? I would highly recommend and suggest starting to look at sort of the least painful areas of your life first. If you've got a pattern of overowning, it's most likely everywhere. <laughs> so start with things that are less painful 
charged, less challenging. So, you know, that might be like where you're over-owning at the PTA or you're, you know, or you're over-owning at, you know, your gym where you're helping people or you're volunteering, right? So, you know, places where you might be over-owning a little bit in those situations. And then you can start to look at where am I maybe over-owning a little bit with my clients. And then, you know, like you can get into like my partner and then, you know, like probably the most challenging place to really own over-owning is with our kids, right? And that's a whole conversation. Like, you know, because we, we, I believe a lot of us, especially in this generation, are over-owning with our kids. We're taking on way more responsibility for them than, you know, definitely than my parents <laughs> took on for me yeah. because they were like, raise yourself. <laughs> Good luck. (laughs) I was like, I don't remember them being around or checking Mm -hmm. in on me or anything. Like everything was me deciding and doing and all of that. And so I think, you know, we definitely get into where we start to take ownership of our, um, you know, children's feelings, our children's experiences, our children's choices, especially as they get older. And I think, you know, it becomes harder for us to look at that. To me, that's a very sensitive area. So, you know, when you're starting this exploration, start with areas that are less charged, less sensitive. You don't have to go right into the deepest part of it. Like just start to look at a little bit at a time, like, gosh, yeah, I'm probably taking on too many volunteer positions. I'm saying yes too much to people outside of my home. Like just, you can start to just look at places like that first, you know, and then, you know, as I said, next week, we're going to talk about some strategies for that, but then you can, you know, work your way into more awareness around what you're doing in some more of those emotional you know, charged kind of areas. Yeah. Oh, I, I love that um, differentiation right there. Cause some people yeah. are going to be like, I can't even, this is just too much, you know, for me to, yeah. to go into maybe an area that's very emotionally charged. So start with like, if you're looking on how do I discern this, start with something that's a little bit easier. There's not as, um, I like to think of, it's just not as high stakes, you know, yeah. what are relationships that if, you know, if that, if you were to change something in that dynamic and, it wouldn't be that big of a deal if yeah. it went sour, you know, you're like, Oh, well, they're mad at me because I'm not volunteering the PTA anymore. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, versus like being able to step out of a really crucial thing at work that you've kind of gotten yourself into over-functioning and you would have to really take lots of steps to, to kind of unpack that or remove yourself from that situation. So think of yeah. kind of lower hanging fruit, like what are areas where you can quickly identify you're saying yes too often. And then that question, you know, is like, how do I, how do I feel? Like what are, times that I've been in that role and it's gone really well. Like, how has that felt? What were the, what was the situation around that versus when was it that I just instantly regretted it or I lost sleep or I was feeling so stressed out? You know, what was it that I didn't listen to? What was it? What were the little messages that I ignored? So, you know, I think so much of discerning is becoming aware of your self in different situations and different relationships, because it's not going to always be the same. So like you were saying, you know, like there's the friend relationship dynamic, there's spouse, intimate partner, there's parent, there's business leader, you know, there's all these different ways in which we're coming into relationships and we're either over-owning or under-owning within those spheres. So sometimes it helps to kind of look at them one by one. It does. And, and don't, 
rush to a strategy quickly either, right? Because mm, this is one of the things advice, that I yeah. see. We're so <laughs> tempted to want, like, that's great. Okay, yeah, I can see it's happening. Now fix it, <laughs> you know? And, and it's like, yeah, but awareness is actually the key. And I think so often we dismiss awareness because it's not tangible enough or it's not solution or it's not fixed. It's not, you know, the way the masculine is and it's not, you know, I can't hold it. Like, I want a solution. I want to fix it. But the thing is, is that awareness actually is the key to choosing the right decision and to choosing the right strategy and tool. And I think, you know, we're so quick to overlook and dismiss that awareness, you know, and and really we need to honor the exploration more. So, you know, don't be, if you do recognize this is you, and if you know, you start, you know, start to explore it, don't rush so quickly to try to figure out how to fix it or how to strategize it. Or especially if it's an area that you're really entangled, like I have some clients who are really entangled in this pattern like they have been over-owning their entire lives and it's meshed with their family and their community and their children and their clients and like literally every aspect. If they just stop it, that would be so traumatic. Like it would be impossible. Like it would it would actually be detrimental for them just to employ strategies. And I've seen some of them who've talked about, you know, other coaches or other people who are like, just set a boundary, say no, stop doing everything. You know, like that's not very practical. And so it's so much better if the really the first space you spend time in is awareness. Like, what am I doing? What does that look like? How does that impact me? What does that feel like? Where all do I do it? And what areas and with who? And those insights and awareness will take you really, really far even before you do anything in the physical. Yes, yes. It's that that inquiry and the constant, you know, like dig a little bit deeper because you're right. As soon as we have an awareness, we want to change it. And yeah. learning to sit, I mean, one of the questions is just like, why does this make me so uncomfortable yeah. to sit in this awareness? Like that can be big. It's like, ooh, even yeah. just noticing that I'm over-owning in this situation makes me really uncomfortable. And so why is that? And then why is this person always so hard for me to set a boundary with? Why do I always say yes? Like, what is what is this inner voice telling me? Or why do I always feel like so much guilt if I say no? And yeah, just this inquiry is really the key in that self-awareness because you're going to need to understand some of the root of why this is happening for you. Because if you can figure that out in this one relationship, then often that does give you better strategies for the future because you start getting more and more clear of like, oh, this is just a thing that I have. Like I have a belief that that I'm the one that picks up all the pieces. And I started doing that one when I was little and I got rewarded and then that became a part of my identity and I do it everywhere. And so deeper dives into, but why? Okay, because I really feel like I'm not worthy. If, you know, I'm not like a very good person um, if I'm not picking up the pieces and then just keep, you know, but why, why would you not be worthy if you couldn't pick up the pieces? Like, you know, just constantly pushing against those beliefs. And we won't understand that if we don't have those questions of curiosity. And again, we never hardly ever have an episode without bringing in those two (laughs) core, which is curiosity and compassion. 
Because with yes. curiosity, it's important to have that compassion because you're going to sometimes have answers and you're going to want to judge it. And you're going to be like, oh, I can't believe I think that way. Like, oh, and then you give self-compassion back to that. Like, well, of course I would be the person that picks up all the pieces because like I was, you know, my parents died when I was young and I had to take care of my younger siblings or whatever it is, you know, that you did. It most likely yeah. made sense at that time. Yes. And that is so important because when we shame ourselves or when we make ourselves wrong for whatever we've been doing, you know, even if it's harmful to ourselves, it's like that only then perpetuates that harmfulness, right? You know, instead of really just always having compassion. I mean, everything we've chosen was for a reason. It was for a reason for survival. It was for a reason to, to you know, get through whatever we were doing, to be able to get our needs met. Like we chose things because of those times it made sense. It's just we get to a more mature time in our lives where we realize the overowning is no longer helping us. It's no longer making us survive. It's actually hurting our survival. You know, it gets to the point where we outgrow those parts of ourselves. And that's what, you know, what we're here to do is be able to integrate those and move through those. And that's, I think, what, you know, glass ceilings are. And some of the things we talk about, you know, the blocks that we have, the glass ceilings, the things that we hit. And oftentimes in our businesses, usually they're just, you know, old strategies, old unconscious patterns that really served us at one point. And they've just, we, we've outgrown them. Mm-hmm. And now we have to let them go and break free from them and move on yeah. in order to be able to, to create something else. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the other things I'm just going to briefly mention is, you know, there's a lot of frameworks around, you know, the over-owning and the under-owning, you know, and this is one of the reasons why we talked about, you've got to start discerning for yourself because a lot of people have beliefs around this. They have ideas that are their own around, here's what you should do and here's what you shouldn't do. Shoulds and shouldn'ts should not be part of this conversation. So, you know, you really have to spend that time to feel for yourself. But sort of another framework or reference point that you can use is I talk a lot about um, sort of being in your circle of power, right? I feel like every individual has a circle of power and you can feel when you overown because you, it's almost like you step out of that circle of power and you become more imbalanced and there's a feeling that you can be tied to that. So, you know, like you have these clients where you're in your circle of power, you feel really good, you feel balanced. It's like, ah, oh. and then you've got that one client where you tend to overown, and all of a sudden you feel exhausted and over, you know, like unbalanced and you're like, oh oh gosh, gosh, every time I talk to that person, I'm drained by the end of it. Like there's probably something there that you're overowning, And that's like a, you know, a good way to look. And one of the things that, you know, I was teaching my clients the other day was I was talking about how in your circle of power, you have the powers to decide, to act, to feel, to think, right? To, to determine, to create. Those are all your individual powers, but you don't have that power with another circle of power. And one of the reasons why we start to overown, or one of the sort of measurements you can look at is that we're overowning because we think we're here to influence someone to decide or to get them to act, right? To motivate them. Like that is not our job, right? And so we start to overown our powers by thinking that's what we have to do for other people. When in my opinion or experience, understanding, you know, the only powers we have with others is to create agreements or to communicate. Like that's it. 
You know, we can we can come to them and say, hey, do you agree to this? Can we agree to this? Can we negotiate this? Or you can communicate how you feel, where your boundary is, whatever. The, but that's it. Like we can't make them decide or make them act or make them feel a certain way. And I think this is where we really get into that overowning and taking on so much responsibility because we think we're responsible for how they feel, how they act, what they need to do. And that can be a really good sort of perspective or awareness to have. Mm, I love that framework. And because it is about self-agency, about where, mm-hmm. where our power is and um, if we're over owning or overextending ourselves into other people's power of circle, then that's like exhausting to us and yeah. it's frustrating to them because like, or yep. it's disempowering. And, and when it, it comes to kids, you know, they need to feel it. They need to step into their own um, yes. and be able to do something because it feels good for them to do it. Not because you're forcing them to do it. And the same with yeah. just so many different relationships. And so I love that like idea of, of where and where your power is and where someone else is in respecting you come to each other with communication, with requests for bids, for connection, for, you know, yeah. feedback. Um, but there's a place where that stops and they have to decide whether they're going to give something there or receive something. And we can't be controlling those lines. Um, so yes. I love that. And you know what? That is the hard part, right? Because yeah. <laughs> we so badly want to control, yeah. you know, even out of love, out yeah. of goodness, out of like, you know, and especially with things like our kids or our partners or, you know, even our clients, we can love them to death and want to like help them act. And somehow then we overown what our responsibility actually is in that. And so, you know, Really, obviously, you know, the things we talked about today, or it's about self-contemplation. It's it's about looking at where your line is. I know a lot of people will come back and be like, gosh, can you just give me the definitive line? Well, no, <laughs> like you have to find your own line. But hopefully we've provided some reference points and some thoughts and some insights into how you can start to recognize where you're over-owning and under-owning. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so wishing everyone some wonderful exploration on that one. <laughs> That's right. So thank you all so much for joining us. And we're going to conclude this series next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Add to the conversation in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. You can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with the tools, strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease. We need more women in power and with the resources to change the world. If you are enjoying the show and want to support our mission, please help us spread the word. You can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who've commented, reviewed, and shared our show. We are so appreciative of your support. Okay, see you next week.